before we jump into today's episode, just a few notes. The first is if you've been listening to the Truner Collective and you like it, you think it would help other people, we would really appreciate it if you shared it with friends, family, anyone that you think would be interested in this content. Rachel and I are really trying to grow this into 2021 and would love your support. You can also support us by subscribing to the podcast if you haven't already. And you can support us by leaving a review, whether it be one star, five star, hopefully five star, hopefully you like this. We would very much appreciate it. All right, we are going to jump into the episode. Also have to warn you, we did have a little tech issue in this episode, so you may hear some robot noises. I don't really know what happened, but it's a warning and it's all great. We hope you enjoy. This is the True North Collective podcast. A gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity, created by the real life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season three of the podcast. Hi, I'm Rachel. Jigsaw puzzles calm me down. I've been on the search for the perfect body wash, and I think I found it at Trader Joe's. And sometimes I make major life decisions with a coin flip. Hi, I'm Janelle. Steam rooms are the best way to start the day. I'm crushing meters for breakfast again, rowing, and I put self-tanner on my legs, and now I look like I'm melting. Hi, my name is Lena Zafri, and for me, random fact is trying to be a mother and a entrepreneur at the same time without losing my mind. And we are your host of the True North Collective podcast. I love that. <laughs> I know. So before we started recording, having three kids, I love, I was like, oh, it's so early for you on the West Coast. And you're like, but everyone's sleeping. This is perfect. I'm like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel that deeply. <laughs> oh, I love that. And, and especially like, that's so relatable right now too. Like there's just everyone having to do all the things all at once and be like, I'm doing it. It's a good day. Like, it's a lot. Um, Janelle, what's a steam room? Ooh, like in a, so I think I told you this, but when we were in Maine, there was a, like a spa hotel that had a gym and we went there and they kind of just like let us in for free. I won't name the place like a couple times to work out, but then they also had a steam room, which is basically, it's like a, a sauna, but with steam oh yeah totally been in mm-hmm. and we just like went in the steam room sauna the next showers for free That's eventually so we nice. paid once but one one time it was 15 dollars. but yeah it was super nice and now I feel like I'm bougie and I want to start every day in a steam room which is no longer possible I thought maybe your family had one and I was just like um, what what is how do you have that I wish it's hella cold here that's actually that idea I was like I wish I had a steam room a shower and a bathroom I guess that's my my steam room now yeah yeah no it's cold I I I can't imagine that would be hard to do I mean in today's day like anything is possible right (laughs) that is true I you know one day mark my words podcast I will own a home with the steam room (laughs) or I'll just have a good gym membership I know. I was like, what could you do like in the, in the bathroom? You could like turn it on scolding hot and just like sit on the edge. Yeah. Or this is not the same, but from a facial standpoint, if you boil water over the stove and you put a towel over your head and just kind of hover, you steam your face, but that's actually kind of uncomfortable and definitely not the same as a steamer. (laughs) 
Yeah. Good when you're sick too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sick or, or facials. That could actually be a really cool thing to do if you're kind of feeling congested, you know, put some essential oils in there and clears you right up. <laughs> Lena knows all about that. Like truly, I'm like, oh my gosh, she, we'll get into it, but I was I'm all, like, which ones? <laughs> tea tree yeah. oil, is that a? Oh gosh, there's so many. Tea tree oil is a good one, but eucalyptus, um, anything that has that, uh, what is it, that Vicks vapor kind of mm. scent? Lemon would be good, eucalyptus. <laughs> I want to do Janelle, that Come back, Janelle. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm all BRB. I gotta go. <laughs> Have fun recording. <laughs> so nice. I also just I had a monster's it. It's still like healing on my face, and just like the steam room, I'm just like heal it, heal it, open up my pores. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's. I there's got to be a place in Milwaukee, don't you think? I am sure there is somewhere yeah and, you know, there's like they're building all these really fancy health clubs out here really apparently I mean, that's what my parents said because they they built like a massive whack wisconsin athletic club for those of you who are not from wisconsin and then, i've actually heard of that yeah and, and in of course in brookfield brookfield's kind of the, the bougie expensive area out here um and then my parents said they just built something that was even bigger than the massive whack it's like someone decided that they wanted to double the size of that and then they built it on the other side of Brookfield and it's like this massive place so I bet they have something don't like you that. love competition <laughs> I, know. I actually do whenever there's a company that doesn't have enough competition I'm like it doesn't push people to be better right I felt that way smaller towns I'm like how are these places still in business and I'm like oh no competition like in a big city they'd go out of business in a second yeah in, in Dallas, there's, um, I, I wasn't able to go because now with COVID and everything shut down, but there's this, I'm pretty sure it's a Korean bathhouse, but you just go in and it's just like, it's supposed to be amazing. And I was, I wanted to go before everything shut down. And now I'm just like, oh, I really wanted to experience it. Are Korean bathhouses, is that where you go naked too? Yes, it is. And I'm trying to remember, I think this one, maybe there's like options or something. Um, but definitely like people at my work would talk about going together and they were like, yeah, it's kind of awkward, but you get over it really fast. So <laughs> it's, I did that in Japan and mm -hmm. it was same thing. I, I think I've told this story in the podcast back in season one, but I'll tell it again. Um, and I went with my roommate and yeah, it was just like, Oh, I guess we're, you know, just going to get naked together. But I mean, within your one, you're in the locker room and everyone's naked. So you wearing clothes is actually, you're the weird one. And two, you're just like, all right. You know, after a couple of minutes, you're like, okay. And it's yeah. like, it's sort of freeing. I don't know. It's like, For I don't sure. very often see naked women and it's like, oh, like that, you know, everyone's body has everything like mine or people's bodies are different and it's almost you know all the things that you think are quote-unquote wrong with your body mm -hmm. like oh everyone's body has their thing and their beauty and it feels more realistic than like my exposure to women being you know either half naked as like instagram models in a bikini and you're like oh these are just normal bodies mm -hmm. and they're not posed. They're just normal bodies doing normal things. And so that was really cool. Just to be like, oh, 
why don't we? <laughs> we should see each other naked more often. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think this is normal. There's a, a really good friend of mine from college. Um, she just, she came out this year by, and so she's been dating women. And that's what she said to me. She was like, all the things that we think that we like beat ourselves up for, like literally every woman has cellulite. Every woman has like, and she was like, did you know this variation and this variation? I was like, no, because we don't really see naked bodies besides the ones that have just been curated for sexes. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it is really interesting. You know, what I've noticed was, is that um, a lot of countries and cultures like in Asia and Middle East, a lot of them have some sort of like a, a, a communal bathhouse where men, you know, it's separate, but like men go and all the men are pretty much, you know, bathing together and women too so it's just socially accepted i don't think it's people are more relaxed with themselves and each other in a weird way because it just becomes common i think when i was in the pageant world we would get together and we'd all do spray tans at the same time and they would try to do them so quickly so it was just basically like you got naked you waited until it's your turn to go into the booth and you'd get your spray tan and then you'd run out and even that it's like the people that I like you know thought like their bodies were quote unquote superior to mine or or whatever it was that was also just like oh like again just like such a normal like normalizing even the people that I had idolized it was just like oh okay, we all got our things or like things that I like about my body and not to rank it, but it was just like, oh, I got some things that I actually like about my body better. And like, that's cool. It's not like your thing is wrong or whatever, but it, it definitely made me appreciate my own body even more. Whereas prior to not being naked, it was just like, oh, their body is so much better than mine. There's so much more this than mine. You know, it, it was just like, oh, cool. Well, we all got our thing. And I, I, I don't know. It's weird. I actually enjoyed it. I was like, I feel like we should all hang out naked more often. I, I actually 100% agree. I, I, we just recorded a podcast last night with somebody. And one of the last questions that she asked us was um, my answer. It was like, how do we, how do you wholly own your womanhood? I think it was yeah, some version so of that question. And I said, being naked, like it's been in the last few months, like even in my apartment, just like after a shower, walking around without my shirt on and just like seeing my reflection and not for any other reason, except for to just feel comfortable in my skin and not have to like cover up right away. Uh, it's been really quite beautiful and how much of my life I've spent like, even if somebody else is like naked, like when we used to be in gym class or whatever, or even in the sorority and people would be changing and then I'd like avert my eyes out of like respect, but the discomfort that I was feeling is a little bit strange to like have that energy instead of just like, you're a body, I'm a body, it, like create something that doesn't need to be there. And I, I like your call out, Lena, that there are a lot of um, other cultures that it isn't so like, um, I can't think of the word, but, um, you know, looked at is like, oh my gosh, we're naked. And um, I just, I, I'm with you, Janelle. Naked, whatever. Nice podcast. I'm in. <laughs> naked. Nice we should do that. I'm so in. We should do that. <laughs> okay. I don't know, be like, what are you doing with this recording of my naked body? We'll just oh like tilt Good our point. cameras up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
That'll actually, we could get some serious followers. <laughs> hey, everybody, we're recording this one naked. Curiosity will be up. Curiosity will be way up. Oh my gosh. I'm going to tease that out. <laughs> okay, I'm going to introduce. I'm going to introduce Lena. Before we jump into introducing Lena, we wanted to let you know that our last collective of 2020 is happening December 3rd at 7 p.m. Our topic for the month is going to be the gift of 2020, reflecting back on what we are grateful for. Make sure you sign up for our mailing list and you can join us. We would love to see you all there. Now back to the podcast. Um, okay, so Lena is somebody that I met. We're both um, we both went through the Human Potential Institute coach training program this year, and we're randomly paired up a few times. And every time I was paired with you, Lena, honestly, I get intimidated <laughs> because you just are a wealth of wisdom. And I'm like, I am like a small child and I just want to learn from you. Like, that's how it feels for me. Um, so I am really honored to have you join us and share your wisdom and your heart because you have so many cool things about you that, um, and gifts to, to bring the world. So to get specific about your bio, um, Lena Zaffery is a coach in training. She's the co-founder of Mind, Body, and Soul Alignment Center. She's a certified bioacoustic vocal profiling practitioner. She established the Unani Remedies, um, which is a line of healing oils that was established in 2012 based on the lineage of herbal healers that is in her family line. So freaking cool. Um, she's a happily divorced mother of three amazing kids, and um, she's a self-proclaimed true creator at heart with big visions and dreams and some bad habits too. <laughs> is there anything that I mispronounced or missed that you would want included in that bio? No, actually, you did a fantastic job, and thank, thank you. you so much. You're welcome. Um, Unani uh, is pronounced Unani, um, but that's just a little. Yeah. <laughs> that was one hell of a bio. I know. And I oh. didn't even scratch that. That's like the surface. <laughs> that, that almost impressed me because I never looked at myself. <laughs> I'm still trying to get myself. You know? I was yeah, like, you're, damn, you're, I didn't know we were talking to a superstar. Yeah, <laughs> you're oh, Thank you. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're, I mean, you're, yeah, you're a badass. So oh, welcome you. to yeah, the True North Collective. And um, to kick us off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Hmm. Well, the bio was, uh, uh, introduction was uh, fabulous. Thank you. Um, gosh, it's, it's been a journey getting here, you know, um, a long journey. Um, I am a mother of three children and uh Newly and happily divorced, which was uh, an incredible journey of, oh God, finding myself, you know, and um, and now I'm in that uh, creating myself mode. So I am literally just uh, building myself and putting, bringing everything together and becoming a person or somebody that can contribute into my you know community and hopefully one day to the whole world you know with all the wonderful things that I'm into and doing when you say that you are creating 
like creating yourself now, when you look back, were there indicators throughout your life that were like there being like, hey, look at me? Or do you feel like now that you've had have this space, things are showing up? Does that question make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, no, everything has always been there. And um, it's so weird because I was thinking about the other day, I was like, you know, I somehow it's like, I feel like I've been picked up by the back of my neck, my shirt, <laughs> and, and just kind of put in places to gain the knowledge and experience without any information of whether it's something that I like or need or I'm going to do. It's just kind of like, you know, I got introduced to herbs and um, oils about God, maybe 15 years ago. Um, but then I discovered that it actually runs in my family several generations you know, ahead of me, um, you know, that's what they did. So, you know, I've been learning as just short, sheer curiosity and passion for it. But now it's coming up and showing up in my life as like a, a foundation of how I can move forward with it. Unplanned, but perfectly timed. <laughs> um, but I really love it because sometimes it's like, we talk about saying yes to things and I'm a pretty big fan of if an opportunity presents itself and it I have any sort of pull to it just saying yes but I can get caught up in being like oh is this a good use of my time does this make sense and it it sounds like a lot of what you did is you're just like yeah I'm interested I'm gonna do it and over the course of the last x amount of years now it's it is starting to make sense even though when you initially said yes it was just like this feels like something that my curiosity is pulling me to let's let's say yes I think for me it really was um with absolutely zero intention of why but just sheer curiosity and interest like it was just something that lit me up um I would just sit there and read about herbs and benefits and where it came from and what it's good for it was just like you know I would spend hours a day just going through stuff you know just because it was interesting and god if somebody told me that I had to learn all that and do that so that I could do this today I would have never done it <laughs> you know it's funny that's how I feel with the true north collective too it's like if I really sit and think about how much work it takes to do this sometimes I'm like Oh, that's a lot. But when I just am in it because for the love of it and like doing it for me, um, it's actually way better. Like the whole experience is way better. I show up ready, um, open. What comes through me in collaboration with the experience is, I don't know, more alive somehow. And the work gets done. And I'm like, it didn't even feel like that hard of work. So it's really interesting. So I know I saw in your, I didn't know you were from Afghanistan. How long did you live there? Um, I think I was about six or seven. Okay. Um, but I think I was, I left maybe around five. And then I lived in Pakistan for about, I want to say maybe close to two years. And then I came to the States around seven, eight. What brought you to the States? Well, um, back in 79, there was that war that happened in, in Afghanistan between Russia. And uh, so 
um, when the war broke out, my dad brought us out, <laughs> you know, to um, safety, just survival. Yeah. Do you remember that time? Um, yes, I have a lot of memories. I don't remember the, um, the war or any kind of violence of any sort, but I remember, I remember the trip we took from Afghanistan to Pakistan. And I remember um, certain things when I was in Pakistan, like the school that I went to and a couple different events. And then that's about it. And then, of course, we traveled to here. Or have you lived in multiple <laughs> places throughout the United States? Oh, my goodness. I've been bouncing around. Um, I originally came to New Jersey. And then we were there for a few years. And then we went to California. And then we were there for a few years. And then we moved to Maryland. We were there for a few years. We moved back to California for several years. And then I went to Texas. I was there for four years. And then I just moved to Vegas back in December of 19. <laughs> what do you like about moving? <laughs> kind of like a fresh start. You know, you kind of, you know, it's almost like clearing your plate and getting a fresh serving of life. <laughs> you know, new things, new places, new opportunities. Do you find yeah. that when you move, like things follow you that you didn't want to follow you until you address them? <laughs> I'm speaking from my own personal experience. <laughs> what do you mean by that? So I've, I have tended to be like nomadic and moving around too. And I love that idea of freshness. And um, at a certain point, I needed to pay attention to the fact that I was running, I was trying to run away from stuff. Like, yes, there was the exciting new stuff, but at a certain point I kind of had to pause and actually address some of the things that I was trying to leave behind that were a part of me. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think I've actually ended up staying in places longer recently because I, I've, I've been playing with that of like, am I leaving now because I'm choosing to leave because it's, feels like that's what my intuition is telling me it's time or am I doing it because I'm trying to just like avoid something is both and so yeah I was just curious what that's hmm. been like for you well it's it's um up until my move from Cal my last two moves from California to Texas and then from Texas to here to be honest with you, every all the moves prior to that was just a unit move. Like my my parents decided, my family decided to go from here, so I just kind of went with it. You know, it's like you go where the family goes. Uh, but it was in um, it was in 2015 when I was living in California. Um, I just had this urge, like it was this it was this I don't know what it was it was this I gotta move and I gotta move here I want to move here and it just it became like a mission I don't know why um now I know why but at the time it was just like no I gotta move uh you know so I moved um and it turned out to be like um for me uh gosh a moment of growth like those four years I kind of you know 
I was away from all the people that was normally in my life and the situation and the circumstances just gave me a chance to kind of like put myself together. And then it almost felt like um, that urge came back last year, last summer, end of summer, where I felt like I needed to get up and move. And um, Vegas just called me. I have a sister here and she loves it. And I just saw the next phase of my life opportunities kind of with here, like almost like fertile grounds of things that I wanted at that point. I saw the opportunity of it here. So it just came. I love that phrasing. Vegas just called me. I think someone should. <laughs> That's a marketing campaign somewhere. <laughs> they're they're pre-COVID. That's really cool. Um, I I've also moved around and it's been interesting. So I'm back where I grew up in my parents' house right now. And Rachel, to your point, it it's interesting leaving, coming back, and the things that I don't think I left to run away. I left because I, I felt that calling and the stars aligned and it made sense for me to get out to California, but it is interesting coming back and, and what you maybe like for me, I've maybe been avoiding in, in that sense of like returning back to this place where I grew up and now I'm a different person. And like, what does it look like to come back and be that new person? The, the moving aspect is it definitely teaches you a lot about yourself whether you're moving somewhere new or even returning to an old place as a new person yeah. I I actually my partner and I we joke around that we're like really good at moving like from a psychological physical like we just know how to move really really well um because like I've moved to Canada and then across, like I've done it so many times, I kind of know the steps and the process. And I never really thought about it until just now. Like, what if I was, what if one of my niches was coaching people through moves? Because I actually really, like, I know how to hold that space and to think about all the different things that come along with it and how to set yourself up. And um, because I've just done it so many times. That's a good point. I know there's, there's also, there's a mindset for sure. And yep. I would say I have, I definitely haven't moved as much as you, but I do think even just being interested in the nomadic life and the fact that I'll live somewhere for a month and then move on to the next place. Like, yeah, there, there's something in the mind shift that I see in other people that they, it's almost like they're holding on to that. And I'm like, always just ready. I'm like, I love it. I appreciate this and I'm ready for the next thing. And I can, yeah, just pack up, move on and like, yeah, there's, there's feelings or emotions sometimes around it, but it's almost like you, I've learned to shut those off a little bit, like still experience them, but to let it go and like to, to be able to just look forward and kind of like accept it for the reality that it is, which I think is where people struggle is when they're holding on to that past. You know, I, I think um, in a weird way, I think it's harder to stay in one place than it is to move. That's kind of how I feel too. I get like the, the, what's the word? I don't know, the scratch, the itch that I just can't <laughs> like get when I stay somewhere for too long. It's like, leave, leave, go somewhere, go somewhere. And it, COVID allowed me for a while to sit, <laughs> to sit and have that itch and, and look at it. 
but I agree there there's like the whisper of there's this whole wide world out there explore it check it out find something new and it it's hard for me to stay in one place and just read rinse and repeat when I after college I moved to Minneapolis and I thought that when you graduate college you buy a house I just thought that's like what you did next and so I did write it was during the time of the piggyback loans and all the crazy housing market stuff and so I was a part of that and that's how I got the loan <laughs> and I got there and I wasn't planning on staying in Minnesota that long which why would you buy a house if you weren't planning on staying in a place for that long but you know hindsight's twenty twenty. And, but what it did is I, I ended up being there for almost 10 years and that was not part of my plan. And I too, like so many times had this itch and was like, I'm wasting time and da, 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 da. And looking back on it, it was such a gift, you know, and that's a little bit cliche to say, but the gift for me was really having to learn to find where my itch could be scratched in places that I would have otherwise just given up on. And so like finding a depth or like new layers or, or savoring, um, savoring an experience or a place um, in new ways was something that I've carried with me since I left there. So even if I'm in a place for a, a shorter period of time, I, um, I really try to like seek out the depth that exists there. Um, because there is, there's a lot, I mean, and you really could stay in one place and experience something totally different every single year. Um, so yeah, I kind of challenge myself when I, as I'm going to continue to like explore new places and be curious, like how can I also have a, a depth of curiosity within a single space too? I, uh, such topics. Yeah, for sure. I'm just going to do it abruptly. So Lena, before we started recording and you and I jumped in, we were talking about family and your life path and, and children. And you had shared that your kids don't actually fight that much. Can we jump into that part of your story of like, how did you, you know, you said you were married recently and happily divorced. You have these three amazing children. Tell us about that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've been, uh, I've noticed lately, well, I've noticed for a long time, but my children actually, um, of course, I think every, every parent says the kids are amazing because all kids are amazing. I believe that. Um, but, you know, my kids really, I mean, they're just, oh gosh, they're good kids. They don't fight. You know, they get along, you know, there's a three year age, age gap between the three. So I have a five, eight and a 11 year old. My son is oldest and I have two daughters. Um, they've all got strong personalities um, and they're incredibly smart and intelligent. And um, I don't know, they're very well-rounded and I've noticed um, that they get along and they're just good, compassionate little humans. And, you know, I have to say that I've done certain things to kind of create that foundation for them, not knowing that that's what I was doing. I mean, without the intention of getting here, but it just worked out that way. Um, even from a very young age, when I was pregnant, I would um, put mu uh, classical music on, 
um, when they were born, when they were babies, uh, when nap time, I turn on classical music for babies, you know, and they would just nap in that. And I think that just now knowing what I know now about vibration, <laughs> wow, that is like, I think I just had my own little aha moment right now because I was doing all these things without knowing it. And the, um, the benefits or the outcome is like now I'm seeing it. But I've always made it a point to um, give my kids a lot of love and affection. I always held space for them. Um, I nursed all three of my kids for like two years each, which was a, another big topic. But in that process, you know, I really like connected with them. And I know that my kids feel loved and seen. And so they don't have to like fight with one another. If that makes any sense. But um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. So one, I feel like you clearly have had this gift and I know we're going to get into the work you're doing now, but it's, it seems like you've had that inside of you without even knowing it, which is really cool for me. I find that the things that are my gifts, I typically don't see them because they're in me and I don't even really realize it because it's just such like a natural intuitive thing. It sounds like that was like that for you. Um, and I had asked you before we started recording what your secret sauce was. And I thought it was beautiful. You're just like, love, love is how I help build this, this family and this cohesiveness, which um, I, I don't know if you have any additional thoughts to add to that of like how you created that space. Cause I know a lot of parents probably have that intention and we all, well, I'm not a parent, but I know parents all do it in a different way, but I'd be curious, like if there's, more detail in and how you created that space i mean honestly uh, to say that this is what i did to follow a, a a training or a step or you know following a system that was in place i i have to say that i didn't i think just by sheer being just in presence, I think. And this is before I knew about presence. I mean, all this stuff is new for me in the past year since going through um, human potential coaching, you know. But prior to that, I think I just, you know, I made space for my babies and I didn't apologize for um, sitting down and just, you know, being with them. You know, when you nurse a baby, you, 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 you got to stop. Like, you literally have to sit because it's, their time and you know I just would feel love for them you know it's it's a you know bonding moment I mean hormones are released at that moment so it's it goes beyond your own control you know to just sit and hold space with your your baby and it just it creates a momentum um it happened naturally and organically and without my my own knowing so I I I don't know if I could take credit for it, but this is just how it happened. I think too, the beautiful thing that you said of like, I mean, without knowing exactly, but it, as you said, it, it felt like I gave each of them space to be seen and heard. And so they weren't trying to like vie for any additional attention. Like they knew that, like they felt that love, they felt that connection. And so they could settle into it. Like, when you said that, I was like, wow, when I think about my childhood, there was a lot, and I'm not trying to, you know, shit on my parents by any means, but it's like, I was a handful and I've heard that from a lot of times throughout my life. And, um, 
to really feel your caretaker prioritize seeing and feeling you is dang like i'm like sitting in and allowing myself to to be in that experience even though it maybe didn't happen that way i can still actually cultivate that within myself now um so yeah i think it's really beautiful would you be willing to share when you said you didn't know if you're going to be able to have children yeah <laughs> um so i think i was somewhere in my between 10 or 12 years of age um i had some stomach pain randomly one day and um, i was rushed to the hospital and immediately they you know operated and you know i was in the hospital for three weeks and at that age i didn't know what was happening to me or to my body. Um, all I knew is I had, you know, a big surgery. Um, and I don't think my parents at the time really knew exactly, or if they did, didn't share any of that with me. So they kind of left me hanging. Um, and I always, and I grew up in my teens and in my twenties and all the way up to my thirties when I uh, got married, thinking that there was something wrong with me and that I'm not going to be able to have a baby. And um, I think I'm a nurturer by nature, um, and I've I've always loved children, and I've always wanted them, but I always thought I couldn't have them. So the fear of not being able to have them, and then to, you know, actually have them, oh my God! For me, it was like I get to have something I've always wanted, and didn't get to have, so I cherished it in a way that I think. Um, Maybe I wouldn't have had I, it was not an issue, you know, but um, yeah, I think that that was, that was where the secret sauce or the magic happened is it gave me the time to just really absorb it and enjoy it. Again, just that idea of like cherishing people and things and like, I think sometimes when you hear the word love, it can, it has a lot that comes with it these days. And so the pure form love, like, yes, but the word cherish for whatever reason is, it feels like um, love in a pure form and really just being there with honoring the sacredness and cherishing um, that, yeah, that would be secret sauce. <laughs> yeah. The, the word love. I've been diving into some of my favorites and my therapist. And he's been talking about like true, true love versus trauma bonding and like the difference and how a lot of times we, we confuse the two because for a lot of reasons, and we don't have to go down the rabbit hole of, of that. And we can link in the show notes um, to that episode. But I've been thinking about that too, as I'm forming new relationships and redefining my definition of love because in the past I think there's been a lot of experiences where it's like this instant connection and you know lightning in the bottle and it's like oh I love this person and it's like it's coming from an anxious place versus now trying to redefine my relationships and like what does love actually mean to me it's it's this slow this slow burn it's this building it's getting the foundation and laying that down and not feeling like I'm coming from a place of rushing and it kind of sounds similar, like your definition of love, Lena, is this really solid foundation and it, yeah, it's cherishing, it's gratitude, it's being present versus 
and hopefully I'm not putting words in your mouth, but from my experience versus it being more of like an anxious space or love from lack? Mm. You know, I think for me, how I have learned to understand love and define love is, and there's so many different definitions and, you know, ways, but for me, it's, it's just a, it's a state of being for me. It's how I feel, you know, in the presence of somebody or in the midst of doing something. Do I feel love? And and for me, it's just a matter of well, what does love feel like in my body? How how do I perceive love? You know, and for me, it's you know, being relaxed, you know, and feeling myself and not having to prove anything or to maintain anything or to create something. It's just that moment of just, you know, being me and being happy. <laughs> it's so simple, but it's like, it's a big thing. Yeah, I've been playing with embodiment since working with Rachel um, through life coaching and I'm, I'm still figuring it out, but I love that call because for me, when, as I'm defining love, the embodiment of it, it's almost like this wave of gratitude that washes over me and it hits me hard in, in a way that I've historically not felt where it almost brings me to tears because I just feel like so lucky and so grateful to have the connection or to have this person in my life. Um, so that's been my version of embodying it so far, but I'm, I'm interested to see how it will continue to evolve. I don't know if Rachel, I, I'd be curious to hear your definition of love and how it embodies within you. Well, I before I answer that, I just want to call out how much I love the fact that so much of like when you when we talk about love, I've explored trust in this way of like it's about the other person. Um, and for you to just bring it back to like it's actually how I feel. It's the experience that I am cultivating within myself. Um, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I used to work for an organization where we would bring personal development and coaching to organizations. And there was a conversation we had with um, the C-level executives of this one group around trust. And they were like talking about how trust is so important within an organization, but how am I supposed to be able to trust this person? And it was very much about like, I can't trust you until you prove to me that you know, you're trustworthy. And the conversation ultimately ended up revolving into or evolving into um, trust is actually cultivated within self. Can I trust who I am, how I show up regardless of you? Because if I'm just waiting for you, then I'm I, I'm, I have no control. I have no responsibility. It's, it's all outsourcing it to everybody else. And I hear that same thing with love, which I'm just allowing to settle into my body. Um, because I, to Janelle, um, to your question, I've definitely confused love with a lot of other emotions over my lifetime. And I'm still in the process of figuring out what my definition is but what you just said lena feels more true than anything else that it is a sensation because i tend to my knowing is in my body it always has been it's been less of about the words so much um the words kind of come from 
me being able to drop into that experience. But yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still figuring it out and I'm still month by month recognizing, oh, I thought that I was <laughs> being loving, but I was actually being manipulative. And I thought that I was, um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's my, I'm in process too. If, if I could just say a little something that come, is coming up for me right now is, you know, this is not uh, an easy thing to really figure out and understand because as a collective, nobody does. So it's kind of like we don't really don't have anything to use as a jumping off point, you know, of what it could be to make our own definition of it. Um, I think I was just fortunate enough to have certain events happen in my life that showed it to me, you know, um, like a little, a, a quick story. Um, in 2014, I got um, the N1H1 virus, similar to COVID-19, and um, I ended up in the hospital and um, I actually had a near-death experience um, while I was in the hospital. And it was really, really smart, small, uh, short experience. And I didn't understand what had, you know, what happened in that experience up until this year. Um, it all came together for me. Um, but essentially, um, while I was in the hospital, I was constantly crying out for my kids because I was worried about them. It all happened sudden. My, my daughter was a, at the time not even two years old and I was nursing. So I was worried about her. And then my son had a birthday coming up within like days of uh, while I was in the hospital so I was very that part of me was very concerned so I kept calling out for my kids and telling the nurses to let me go because I had to go home but that led to um that moment where I had my near-death experience where um as I was laying in the in the hospital bed I sat at the edge of the bed um, and I I had this awareness of looking down and seeing myself in almost like a clear clear essence i was me but clear but i could see my actual body and in that space um it was quiet it was calm it was just peaceful but the lady uh, one of the nurses um, that was always around me she started yelling and screaming and telling me you got to come back um your kids are waiting for you um you have to come back. You're the only one who can make that decision. Come back. That's what she said. And I'm sitting here listening to it. The, the clear essence of me was sitting there listening to this and watching my body. And to the left of me, in this space, like just endless space, I saw my two children at the time. And there was this this overwhelming sense of love it was like a vibration i cannot i didn't realize what it was then but now i understand it is this there's this like vibration it's almost like this energy um and i felt that from them and i felt the love that i had for them and that they had for me and it actually even extended to um everybody in my life um, I just kind of skimmed through everybody and I could literally see and feel their prayers and their love for my, um, you know, return for, 
for me to be okay. Uh, all my family and friends all around, it just, it just kind of showed up as like an energy, but I could see them. So, um, sorry, coming back to what I was trying to say to you. Um, I got to see that from that perspective. And even then I didn't really know what it was, you know, and it took all this other, you know, training and learning and, you know, for me to understand that what I was feeling was the actual energy and vibration of love. And that really does, it. love has a vibration and energy to it. And that's really all it is. Everything labels that we attach to it is all, like you said, what am I gonna get out of it? How can I hold on to this? You know, what do I get out of this? I have chills. Same. <laughs> When that experience happened, it sounds like a part of me was like, that would be terrifying, but it sounds like it was so innate and not terrifying at all. It was just like, it seems like it felt almost natural. Is that true? It's, um, it was kind of like a high that you want to go back and do again. It, it, I can't explain it. I actually recall when I came home, from the hospital, I was extremely weak physically because um, my body had gone through so much. Um, but there was this like a, a vibration essence to me that lingered for, I don't know, days or weeks. At the time, I had no, I, I had no idea about all this holistic health, uh, you know, natural stuff. At the time, really, I didn't know anything about it these things but now what i can compare it to is the sound that the singing bulls make that you know that that that's exactly how i felt for days and weeks kind of like the residual of a singing ball just when you kind of the echo that goes out very light that's how i felt i 100 percent feel like vibration energetic vibroacoustics is like such a this uh, an in essential part of life that I know it has been explored, but it's also from like a Western standpoint, been kind of like kept at bay. Um, I went to Egypt last year and a huge part of that conversation of visiting these sites. And we actually went with a group, a tour group that um, looks at megalithic structures and like ancient civilizations how like how these things actually were built and a lot of it has to do like a, the conversation always comes back to vibrations acoustics um on, on a lot of planes from a healing standpoint from a tool standpoint um so i would love to get into that part of your life okay cool i'm seeing nods <laughs> i'm just gonna keep shamelessly plugging a few of my own ventures you may have heard that I started a YouTube channel called That Girl Got Ghosted, where I visit haunted hotels, and episode two is out. We go visit Union Station in Nashville, Tennessee, and we have a little redemption story for the ghost Abigail that lives there. You can check it out with the link in the bio. Now back to the podcast. So is that what spawned you to learn more, or how did the bioacoustic and the like all of that start to show up? Oh, well, okay, so... Um, when I went to Texas, this was after, after the, you know, 
hospitalization. I lived in California for another year, had my third child by then, and um, that urge to move to Texas um, happened. And so I moved to Texas. And in Texas, I don't know, something happened. Um, my life started really changing. Things fell apart first. It was really, um, it was a hard time for me. Um, everything just kind of like started to break down. And I was in a really, you know, unstable, anxious place almost. And I was just kind of like reaching out to figure out what the hell was going on with me, you know, like what is going on? What does this mean? How, you know, how do I make it stop type of thing? And, um, and from that, um, things just show up. Like things just show up and bioacoustics um, just showed up. I don't know how, I didn't search for it. Um, I wasn't looking for it. I had no idea of its existence, but somehow it came across and um, I ran into um, Sherry Edwards, who um, is the pioneer behind this um, incredible human being. Um, and I just, I found it interesting and I found it fascinating and I was hooked immediately. Um, and I just started listening to her podcast and I started following her and, you know, on social media and I started just reading and the more I read it it led to the next thing and to the next thing and to the next thing and and three four years later here I am in uh, Las Vegas and it it just it just kind of like here I am you know uh, so here it is uh, and uh, I got my practitioner's uh, license so that now I can actually do the work myself. But um, if you like, I could literally tell you a little bit about what it is and how it works. Please. Okay. So bioacoustics is, um, you know, bio is life, acoustics is sound. So it's life sounds essentially. And it's, it, it actually is a branch of science that was created to study the sounds of living organisms. So if it's a living organism, it has a vibration. A vibration has a sound. Um, now it's below hearing frequency ranges, you know, um, so we can't hear a lot of it. Anything under the frequency of 15, we cannot hear. But there's a lot that happens between the zero and the 15 frequency. Um, so that's where all the magic is. And basically, through a sample of a uh, your voice, through the software, I can do a whole analysis and tell you kind of essentially everything you want to know about yourself. Um, from how your body is, you know, all the different systems, muscular system, you know, skeletal system, Every system in your in your body has a vibration, a frequency equivalent. Um, your emotions is a vibration. When you're happy, what does it feel like? You could feel it. You know, it's like a feeling. It's a vibration. And the same with when you're miserable and sad or depressed or anxiety. Every one of those has its own distinct vibration and feel. So, um, and the same with your thoughts. Every thought that you have has a vibration. It causes a reaction in your body of how to feel, you know? So through your vocals, 
you know, I could tell you how all of that play together and how well they play. If there's coherency, you know, you're healthy. If there isn't, then you've got things that show up, you know, imbalances that show up. And this just shows you where the imbalance is, you know, and um, whether it's a, a hormonal, physical, you know, whether you've got something going on physically in your body or, you know, emotional, it, it shows up. And through that, you know, I'm able to find the frequencies, analog frequencies that help support it, kind of like balance it. And then, you know, you go back into harmony. Um, kind of like um, a musical instrument, you know, you know, um, if you're in an orchestra listening to, you know, um, music being played, if one of the instruments is off by one key or if it's off tune, it throws everything off. You don't know what which one it is, but it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't sound good. You know, you're kind of like, Ugh, you know, but when you put that back into balance or put that back into harmony, everybody's it. Then you're like, oh, this is amazing. That's kind of like how the human body works. You know, when we're in full balance with everything that makes us us, then we're happy. <laughs> and if it's not, we're not. This is so cool. Yeah, I I was going to ask the question of whether or not it was just diagnostic, or if it also was um, if there was an a component of being able to bring it back into coherence. Uh, because also in Texas is where I met my sound shaman mentor which is crazy because I never knew anything about this stuff either. And so she plays with um, less the listening to the vocals to understand what's going on, but uses um, shamanic practices to um, identify where there are um, pain points and then uses sound frequencies to basically pray. Um, to to bring the body back in balance so i love that it's both yeah i mean i think for for the work that i'm doing um it's more it's more science-based because it's all mathematics you know everything has a uh, a mathematical frequency a number to it to make it sense so from, from that standpoint but at the same time this is not new you know, um, this is nowhere near being new because if you look at ancient scripts, I mean, I think chanting and a lot of the rituals that they did, all the singing, the humming, that, that's how they used it. But I don't think they, I mean, I think they knew what they were doing, but I don't think they knew the signs. I mean, I don't know what they knew, but um, it, it worked before. It's always been in existence with mankind. It's not something new. I think we've gotten away from it with our, you know, our new technology and medical and, you know, industry and all that. But to go back to it, it's really something we've always had and innately know how to do ourselves. So how would it work? Like if someone were to go through this process with you, what is it? 
what does it look like? Like, do they just say random sentences and then you put it the machine? Is there a structure to it? Um, yes, there is a little bit of a structure, but not too much. Um, basically, um, what I would take is between 45 to 60 second vocal recording um, through a WAV file. Um, and then they can speak, I would need two. So one would, would be something about their health, like what they're feeling, where it hurts, what their concerns are. Just talk about it, you know? And then there is the other one where you just talk about anything you want, random, whatever it is. Uh, you talk about it and through those two samples, I run that through um, the software, you know? And then it picks up anomalies within those the, the structure of the sound and it, picks up it picks up what's too high meaning there's too much of that or too low it's not enough in her body so we look at all the highs and lows in the vocal and through that we kind of know what each one means and what each one um, signifies and then we can kind of come up from there what it is that your body is telling that it needs Do you, I know, do you, um, oh shoot, what was the question I was going to ask you? Um, I, don't, I lost it. It's gone. Okay. I have a question then. Go. <laughs> like, so many questions. They're about to rain down. How, if at all, does frequency vibrations, like I'm assuming because we're all connected, like how does that affect relationships? Like, is that anything in your work that you do? Like we have this, this frequency and, and whatnot in ourselves, but I imagine that that constantly is going outward in us speaking or I, I don't know, I guess I'm just like guessing right now, but how does what you do connect to how we all connect to each other? Mm. Okay, so the connection between what we're feeling, how we feeling, and how that affects and relates everybody around us. Um, so there's uh, actually a lot of um, great work through HeartMath Institute where they have been able to um, measure the the energy and vibration of the heart and how it kind of extends several feet around us like an invisible in, we're all surrounded by like an invisible bubble of energy you know um you can't see it but you can feel it and that i i think that 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 circle goes beyond time and space right so like right now there's a three hour difference between where you guys are and where i'm at and we're looking through a computer screen but how I'm feeling, like if I smile, you'll smile. You know, if I get anxious, you guys will kind of, it'll throw you off, right? So it, we affect each other's space in that sense. So I think that when we can clear that space, the bubble around us, and make it more, you know, like harmonious and just more calm, you know, people that come in contact with us, kind of feel that 
and they kind of pick up on it. It's almost like um, who is the stronger energy walking in the room? You know, if you've got a person who is just pissed off and they just had the shittiest thing happen to them and they walk into a room and everybody's just hanging out. I mean, the anger, the frustration, the body language, the energy that emits from them, right? Everybody looks up and like, oh, what happened there? You know, you see it, it affects you. You kind of like, you know, it affects how you respond. On the same token, you know, you could sit and be a normal room and somebody would just exudes love and, you know, like they just, they smile and they walk in and they like, they walk in and they say hi and you just look up and like, oh, what a nice person. You know, you just, it just, it affects how you feel, you know? Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but um, I think that's how we affect each other in relationship. It's, it's when we know how we feel and we're in control of that and we're aware of it. And then as we move into um, relationships, whether it's, you know, children, spouse, business, work, you know, we show up with a different energy, you know, and then, and the other person picks up on it, whether they know it or not, they pick up on it. We do. Yeah. It's like the vibe, the vibe of the room in pop culture speak. Like we all know if we're vibing, we're not vibing, the vibe's off, but people's emotions change. I was also just even thinking from a safety standpoint of, and I don't know if intuition plays into this, I'm sure it does, but like you could, I almost feel like you can feel if someone's unsafe sometimes too, like you sense that and you don't necessarily have a reason for it or maybe we're just so it's so ingrained in us but you, you just like feel it you know it. you're like okay something's not not right here like we gotta go or I gotta get away from this person and it is interesting because I I'm sure there's science behind it and you could say body language and whatnot but I, I do think it's like a it's a sense it's a something you feel it's not something you can see or hear necessarily yes Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. It, it is, it's very true. And I think the, the magic happens when you're able to be more aware of it and to be able to, um, and to see, see the offness of it compared to yours. So you can only know if something's off as if when you're in balance, you know, because when you're off balance, everybody's, you know, balance but it's 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 when you when you know your own you know vibe your state you can easily recognize the offness and the degree of offness in others so how do we get to a space where we are in balance with ourselves oh gosh <laughs> big question it is I, and i think um It's definitely, um, it's a moment by moment thing. I don't think it's something that once you learn how to do and you accomplish it, that it stays with you forever, you know? Um, but it's, it's practice and being aware of it, you know, aware of how you feel and what that means to you. And then finding which one you enjoy, which one you like and how to kind of come back to it. And, you know, and don't wait till you're so, pissed off where you just like you know 
to come back to that, you know, it's kind of like, it's a gradual thing, you know, the more you practice feeling calm and good, uh, the more easier it is to come back to it when you kind of veer off. And I think also just giving yourself permission to just sometimes get fucking pissed off, you know, and allow something to just, I mean, I'm pissed off, I'm going to yell and scream. Uh, and, 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 have like a create in order to have that um what is the word i'm looking for here in order to have that gauge you know kind of like here's the good the bad you know and where do i the spectrum in order to find that spectrum we kind of have to live life and you know allow things to happen but be aware of it i love what you were saying about if you're looking at the world or engaging with the world from an out of balanced place, everything seems like off. And that is how I think I've spent a lot of my life. And so I, I, I have, and I'll say in the last few months, I've really been working at um, coming back to my center. Those weren't my words, but like, what's my baseline? Is my baseline currently in survival mode or is my baseline in like safety and grounded? Um, and when I've been able to be in that space, things are a lot clearer. Like I'm like, whereas before I couldn't tell, like, is it me? Like what's happening? Uh, it was very overwhelming. And I just didn't know that I could see the world, what it was like to see the world from a centered place. Um, and to get to that place, it is, I have to cultivate that safety for myself. And that's through my own practices. I've been, um, the polyvagal theory has been the thing that has been working for me right now. And um, it leads to my question with this, which is um, what are, and I don't, I don't know if treatment would be the right word, but what would be like the protocols or the outputs once somebody has their vocals um, synthesized and analyzed, what do you then recommend if things are off? Um, well, there's several options. Um, of course, like let's say we were doing, um, which we still have to, I think, I, I wasn't able to do anything off the sample you sent me, I'm sorry. Um, so basically for like the nutritional one, right? I can tell you uh, essentially which minerals, which um, vitamins, which nutrients are overabundant in your system, meaning that you've got a lot of zinc too much zinc. So that means zinc is not being used in your body. So you got to figure out how to make it, your body work so that it uses it up. So we got to, you know, find a counterbalance, you know, or if there's not enough zinc, then I say, okay, go ahead and get some zinc pills and, or, or introduce zinc into your diet. So you, do, you can do those things. Because um, now you have a direction. I think we go to the stores and even online now i mean god there's so many options for vitamins and nutrients and multivitamins and everything it's like which one do you take first you know um and then you take something but it's not necessarily what you need so it doesn't really do anything for you but with this um you're able to find out exactly what you need you know what your body is missing or what your body is not using or utilizing so how do we make your body utilize that so um if it's something that we can just, you know, like 
incorporate into your diet or exercise or nutrients and go get this and go get that and that brings in harmony that's great that that's your option you know that's what i would say you do but if it's something more that you can't really take within your body or that your body can't produce by itself you know then we find the frequency equivalent of that what your body needs and then we provide it in a low frequency analog um, um, frequency and you listen to it through headphones and what it does is it just you know um it just harmonizes your body um so it's really not i'm gonna i'm gonna actually see if i can um quote sherry edwards on something because i think it's very important that people under under um understand this part of it but with uh, uh frequencies and with the treatment of all this um i'm gonna read this to you because i think it's very important and i really like this but um from the words of sherry edwards now this is the pioneer who created all this um amazing stuff but um we don't diagnose we don't touch anyone um you don't have to swallow the sound or eat them or wear them uh, what the body does with the frequencies holds the potential for self-healing all we are doing is providing the frequencies that the body tells us it needs so this is non-invasive non-medical approach to wholeness um, all we do is we listen for the frequencies in the voice to see what's missing what's imbalanced and we just find the um, balancing frequencies kind of bring it together and make it whole <laughs> i love it how often are you doing this for yourself or like if this was like let's say this is everybody did this as part of their health care and like like you go to the dentist how yeah. often would you think checking in on your vocal health would be necessary um, that's going to be um a question that's going to be a little hard to answer because um i would say you know whenever you feel an imbalance or you feel like okay i'm experiencing this what's going on with me you know but if things are feeling good then you're good <laughs> it's when you're feeling tired all the time okay what's going on why am i so tired because you're not just tired because you didn't you did too much work you know and there's days when I do a lot of work and I'm still energized. But then there's days when I don't do anything and I'm tired as hell. So it's not a matter of doing, not doing. It's a matter of what's going on in my body. Yeah. Yeah, that seems pretty important that you said a few times, which is like starting to understand, engage your system. So like, yes, there is this tool that exists and and I'm going to just put words out there that might not be accurate, but I think what I'm hearing you say is it's not just about what the, what that is spitting out. It's about starting to actually pay attention to when, when I am feeling off and when I am feeling on, you know, and centered and being able to start to read your own um, system as well, in addition to having this, this tool. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely believe that we are self-healing human beings. We don't need, uh, okay, I don't wanna say we don't need. There's times when we need it, <laughs> you know, obviously, but um, if we catch things early enough, we can heal anything in our bodies. 
it's recognizing when things start to go. Mm, that doesn't feel too good, you know? It's when we ignore and we think, ah, forget about it, or we, we don't pay attention to it, and it builds like a snowball. And then all of a sudden now, it's like, oh, shit. You know, uh, I can't walk today, <laughs> you know, but you've had a sore muscle for three weeks. You didn't do nothing about it, you know, uh, and you still overused it, you know, and then now you can't walk. So it's just paying attention to your body and knowing how to and taking the time. Not necessarily that you have to like 100% trust that like I know exactly what this is, but it's um, having like a sincerity to that paying attention and not being like, yeah, I know I hate that. I'm just going to like, let it go. But really being like, no, there's something here and I'm going to advocate around it for myself. Trusting our bodies and listening to our bodies, you know, and, uh, and there's, there's a lot of modalities. There's a lot of ways to come into balance. I mean, there are doctors and there's doctors for every portion process of the body you know from a podiatrist to a psychiatrist i mean it's covered there's somebody there who's trying to fix that what's wrong with it you know and then also on the holistic side you know it's kind of like i mean singing bowls you know meditation oh my god hundreds of types of meditations right so it's just a matter of finding what feels good to you and making a commitment to you know paying attention to this you know, because when you can spend time, you know, giving your body, you know, the time it needs to appreciate it and think it, you know, it shows up for you. It tells you when it needs something, then you just give it. Kind of like your child, you know. I really like that approach. Even at the simplest form, I was just talking to a friend who has been on a journey to be more healthy and had mentioned she was doing some sort of like nutrition program and she was hungry all the time and she's like what do you think about it and I'm like if your body's telling you you're hungry and like you're checking in and it's actual hunger it means eat more <laughs> like you know, it doesn't have to be that hard right and like that you know we're talking about frequencies and whatnot but even if you just like really peel it back for people that are on an early wellness journey it's just like you, you your body's telling you you're not eating enough it's like, it's that simple, pay attention to it, ignore the program then at that point and give your body what it, what it's asking, because you know, more than this, you know, simple program that you, you signed on to, like, you know, your truth more than anyone else. So stop ignoring it and like, pay pay attention to it. And it could be as simple as your body's just telling you you're hungry. So eat more food. <laughs> Actually, I have a little bit of, in, um, on something on that. Yeah which Please. I recently discovered, which I was blown away by. But, you know, um, so there's the basic small stuff that's, you know, you, you do. But a lot of times there are things that's off, you know, biochemically or bioelectrically, you know, you know, there's biomagnetics, you know, all these things affect our body. It's not just, you know, what we think and what we eat and what we do. There's so many things, elements that, that affect us. And I think, um, for somebody who is struggling with weight and wanting to, you know, diet and trim down, um, but yet they feel hungry all the time, and then they, and then they, you know, they fall off their program, and then they feel guilty, and then that kind of it's a it's a 
vicious cycle that goes around. Like, wow, why, why can't I do this? What am I doing wrong? It's actually really a simple thing and it's not their fault. It turns out that um, in the body, the way the body works, the systems, how one system works, the next system, it's mind blowing. So for somebody who experiences um, hunger and, and, and weight gain and they can't control that, it just means that the, um, the, the, the body, the fat in the body releases um, hormones, right? That gets used up as energy. And it gives you this being full, the sensation of being full. What happens is, is when that hormone is not being taken by the body, the body thinks it's starving. It's not using up the energy and it's not feeding, satiating the body. So the body keeps eating more and then it's producing more because you keep eating more because you, it's not being satiated. So uh, through bio, um, bioacoustics, you know, I can find out basically if that's the case. And if that's the case, then I'll give you the antidote to your body receiving that hormone. So now the hormone's already in your body, right? But now your body's not taking it. But if we can alert your body to start receiving this, then now you're starting to feel full. You're not feeling hunger. You're eating less. And the it's being used as energy. So now you've got the energy to go and do. And that naturally starts to break down fat because your body is using it as energy and fuel. And um, you're not overeating. It's, you know, <laughs> I thought that was pretty amazing. I love it. I think there's, there's just like so many territories to play within this, but I think even just the few examples that we've given today have been able to like allow me to wrap my head around things that like literally happen like conversations that I'm in with my friends and how this can be a part of um, serving the evolution of, of our own healing, which is really, really remarkable, honestly. Um, I have questions around like how long it took to get here and all this stuff. And I know we're at time. So I'm excited to dig in and just stay connected to you. Um, so as we wrap up, uh, the question we always finish with is, if you, um, how do you live your true north in one word? Ooh. My cat has something. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, that. Um, I guess, I don't know why, but the word evolve comes up. Just evolving, you know, constantly going to the next step, you know, getting yeah. a little bit better and moving forward, you know, the next, the next. <laughs> I love that. It's a lot. It's very alive. And if people wanted to get in touch with you and learn more or maybe schedule a session with you, um, how can they best do that? Um, I am currently in the development stages of some courses. So I'll be providing some courses that people can uh, go on and look into that will offer different um, options for them. But right now, if they're just curious and they want to, you know, they have any questions or and they'll go through the process, um, they can send an email at the moment and then I'll send you more information. <laughs> yeah. 
Should we use the email that you, that I already have for you? Is that MBS the best alignment? one? What's that? MBS Alignment Center at Gmail. I will make sure that I have the right one. Um, if that's the one you want us to use, yeah, and I'll put that in the show notes. Perfect. Amazing. This has been great. I think like one of the things I'm just sitting on and taking away from the conversation today is a lot of what you mentioned. It was almost unintentional. You said like you you know it showed up and almost without you trying and there's just like so much trust in that because we talk a lot about people just trying to find their purpose or like what do we want to do in life or spiraling about not being in the right place at the right time and your story is beautiful because it while you I'm sure you had intention I think a lot of things just showed up for you and you went with flow and you said yes and it like worked out the path the path was laid and you just followed it and it just takes so much pressure off of us trying to figure out if we're doing it right, there's trusting in the things that are supposed to show up will show up even if they don't make sense at the time. So I, I'm sitting in that as I'm constantly on this journey and being like, I couldn't tell you what I'm going to be doing in two months. And I'm just trying to trust in the present moment that if things show up, I'll say yes to them and it'll work out. And your story is a beautiful example of that. So thank you. Well, and even being able to just like how do you get to a place where you can hear and see and allow it's like paying attention to yourself and what you feel like right now and does it feel off or does it not and how do you bring yourself back to that center so that you can be open to the unfolding and to seeing those steps and to showing up um, versus looking through the lens of fear or out of balance or whatnot Cool thank caring. you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're amazing, Lena. Oh, thank you so much. I it's been a pleasure talking to you, ladies. Um, life is beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's hard. I've had, you know, down schools with it. <laughs> Hasn't been perfect. Yeah, yeah. But it's a thank you for this conversation. This is really cool. Thank you for holding space for me to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Anytime. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And if you liked what you heard, please consider leaving us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Until next time.